Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. Happy Flag Day. It is Wednesday of the 10th week of Ordinary Time. Today's gospel is from Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away. Not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I saw a cartoon on social media the other day that had Jesus embracing a, I don't know, I guess the person was trans. Um, They had rainbow colors on, they had kind of shaved hair, and it definitely looked like a young person that was looking for attention, tattoos and things like that. And it had Jesus embracing this person. It looked like this person was just deeply enjoying the embrace, perhaps even crying a little. And then Jesus said, now go and sin no more. And it's reminiscent of all the beautiful scenes in the Gospels. The woman caught in adultery, Mary Magdalene, uh, some of the others, you know, Matthew, where Jesus embraces and loves everyone, but he still is against sin. He tells us in this reading, I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He still wants us to follow the commandments. But his fulfillment of the law is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the biggest part, and that's what his cross is all about. But in that, there's so much more. I just imagine, as I minister to young people, and I love ministering to those that are off the beaten path. In other words, it's easy to minister to homeschoolers. I love them. They're wonderful. And I love to minister to them. And they're the future of our church in so many ways. But they're easy because they're striving their best to follow the commandments. Now, what happens a lot of times with those that have been raised faithfully in the Catholic faith, even in the Christian Protestant faith, is that sometimes there's it's like a rubber band that snaps back. There's a lot of repression going on. What I mean by that is, yes, they're following the rules, but they don't want to. Or maybe a better way to say it is they're following the rules, but there's something within them that wants to rebel because they're hurting. Maybe those who taught them were a little too strict, maybe didn't listen to them, didn't make them feel important and special. Yet that's what Jesus does. So Jesus comes to fulfill He still wants us to follow the rules, but he wants us to want to follow the rules. And ultimately, it's not about the rules. It's about his grace. It's about his love. It's about being in his embrace. His rules are truth. And so therefore, I mean, we could make all kinds of intellectual arguments as far as why we should follow the Ten Commandments. Thomas Aquinas has done this. So many other saints, St. Augustine, we can read them. We should be well-versed in all those things, at, at the very least, the catechism maybe have some familiarity with canon law, things like that. 
we should know the commandments. We should know the rules, especially as new technologies come out, especially as there's developments in Catholic teaching regarding social issues, regarding sexuality. Um, ultimately, these rules keep us safe, keep us happy. I mean, there's so many examples we can give of why following the rules then leads us to greater fulfillment. But if you're someone who's hurting, someone who's been neglected, someone who's lost in a sinful lifestyle, and perhaps they sought sinful things and sinful people because they felt accepted by them, well, then we have a task in front of us, and that is to bring Jesus to them, to bring them to Jesus, to connect them with a God who became man to love us and embrace us. This is who we have to be first. If we lead with the rules, they're going to reject them and run the other way. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a life coach, and personally I've been pursuing uh, life coach training. And I've already done lots of spiritual direction and pastoral counseling over the years, but this is a new area that's really just starting to thrive. Many people are looking for life coaches. Anyway, I was talking to this woman and she was saying how she, it's one of the mistakes she made early on in her career. And now she knows never to make this mistake again. And it was just simply an issue without revealing too much. Someone had said something to her in her life coaching session that was revealing an area of sin, but it was for this person, it was a gray area. They didn't quite understand. They didn't quite realize no one had ever explained this to them. And she just moved a little too quickly into the moral authority phase. And then she lost the client. And I just thought to myself, man, how many times have I done that over the years in counseling, spiritual direction, things like that. We move into the truth at the expense of charity, and we have to discern what's the proper balance. Of course, we always want to stand up for the truth, but sometimes that person needs a hug. And I'm not saying it's always you know, morally appropriate to hug the person or just prudent, but what I mean is that person needs one of the love languages. That person needs our attention. That person needs to be listened to. That person just needs to be sat with. That person needs to feel accepted. You know, and, and we hear all these terms with the transgender stuff, with the, you know, same-sex attraction issues. Um, don't be a hater. Why can't you accept me for who I am? Okay, we don't believe that's who you are, that your uh, broken sexuality defines you. We believe who you are is a child of God. We believe who you are is some something, someone amazingly created by Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You deserve respect and reverence. You deserve me to sit with you. You deserve me to listen to you. You deserve me to love you where you are in the here and now. And we pray, we pray all through this. Lord, show me, give me the openings. You know, in my personal experience, when I've had successful relationships of this type, it's almost always the case that they start asking all right, tell me what the church teaches. <laughs> tell me what's what's morally right here. But they ask when they're ready. They're not always ready at first. And yeah, sometimes there might be a situation where you have to blurt out the truth. Sometimes there's an issue happening on a bigger level where we just have to stand up for what's right. And as Catholics and Christians, very often we haven't done a good enough job of that, which is why so much of our society is out of control. But 
we have to realize more and more, too, in this day and age where there's so many broken families, so many broken youth, broken adults that have never grown up. Who we have uh, just just I'm, I mean, Pope Francis, you know, has said and he said this a lot early in his papacy we have to start practicing the art of accompaniment. I took a, a class on spiritual direction and they just kept going back to Pope Francis's words through that, the whole class, the art of accompaniment. We can't just expect we're going to have 30 people in front of us and we can shout the rules at them and they'll all say, okay, but rather it means one person at a time. And God understands God's not going to judge us because he's, he's not going to say, uh, Oh, you know what? You wasted time. You could have ministered to 900 people and you only ministered to three. I don't think that's how God's going to judge us. I think God's going to say, you know, I sent you this person. How did you do with them? And we have to realize, yes, truth. We, we, truth has to find its place there. And we have to pray for the prudence, for the discernment, where and how to bring that truth in. But there also needs to be great love. This is how we evangelize and we follow the pattern of Jesus. Jesus ministered to people one at a time. He also ministered to the masses. It's true. But one at a time, he reached out to each each person. He showed them great love. He was, in a way, I love to talk about this on a psychological level. He was healing some of their daddy issues by just being this man with great they you can you i'm sure if we met jesus face to face right now i mean i know we've met him in the eucharist but if he were standing here in human form we would sense his strength his power his manliness so here's my my new dad here's my ultimate dad right here god almighty right and he's reaching out to me with love and acceptance and this sentiment that i want you to be where i am I don't reject you. I don't shun you. I want you where I am. Come and follow me. Come and be with me. Join my group of disciples. I want to see you on a regular basis. And I want to heal your wounds. I want to reach in there to the places where you are hurting. I want to help you to heal. A great person to read about this, of course, Pope John Paul, but Dr. Conrad Bars, you know, about affirmation therapy that any of us can do. Instead of hitting people over the head with our Bibles or catechisms, finding out where is this person hurting? Why does this person say they hate God? Why is this person so rebellious against nature? Let's find, I know this is hard. This is difficult to hear. But maybe God will send us one to start with, right? One person where we can say, how is this person hurting? And how can I help that person to heal in those areas of hurt? How can I be a father figure, a mother figure? You can bet Jesus. If he, I mean, I just think about how I've run youth groups in the past. If Jesus truly wanted to heal people's mommy issues, you know his blessed mother was right there, his partner. You know he called her again and again to, to, to minister with him side by side as he does now from heaven. You know Mary was part of this because they needed a mother figure just as Jesus could be a father figure. And then he trained his disciples to do the same. So we can figure out, we can hopefully through prayer, who is this person that God is calling me to minister to? Where are they hurting? How can I help them to heal? And as they heal and as the foundation gets stronger, then we start to, then, then you know, ministering, using the catechism or whatever, that's the easy part. 
to say, okay, you're ready to hear the truth now. Okay, this is what the church teaches. This is what we have to work on. A lot of times with kids, you know, I'll, <laughs> once you start to bring that in, and maybe some are ready, some aren't, then, you know, it's, all right, I just said it was easy. In some ways, no, that's really hard. When a young teenage boy says, okay, I really want to live chastity, now, how the heck do I do it? Because it's so difficult, you know, at that age with all the temptations around him. That's just one example. So we ask the Lord, as he is the one who has come to fulfill the law, that we may be his agents, that we may be his disciples, that we may be his ministers, that we may never compromise truth, we may never compromise our faith but that we may always be present to everyone, especially those most in need, with the greatest love, with God's love, the Holy Spirit flowing through us. Have a great day. God bless you.